I'm about to speak with New York Times bestselling author Jonathan Kahn. His new book goes live tomorrow. The Oracle. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Well, it is Labor Day, and we are live from Pensacola, Florida, looking out at the waves of the, the bay. Is it the bay here? Anyway, took a walk last night, prayer walk, just standing as the waves pound in and just meditating on the greatness of God and the order of God and the plan of God, which is massive. My guest today is Jonathan Kahn. I will not be taking any phone calls, devoting the entire hour to my guest. I knew Jonathan before he was a New York Times bestselling author. I've known him since. He remains the same God-fearing, God-loving man. His newest book, The Oracle, is out officially tomorrow, but it is right now number 11 of all books in the world on Amazon. I mean, this is extraordinary. Something is going on. Jonathan, welcome back to the line of fire. Joining us on Labor Day. All right. I am not hearing my guest. So this could be a slight problem or a massive problem. So not sure what's going on. But, Danny, can you communicate with me? Are we all good? Because I am not hearing our guest. And let's try once more here. All right, Jonathan, are you there? I'm here. Hello. Okay, awesome. Hello. All right, I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> oh, good. Yes, I can hear you. I can hear you, Mike. Uh, all right, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Pensacola. You are, what, in Virginia Beach? Yes. Yep. Right, and our studio in Winston-Salem, so we're making this all work with my tech team here with me in Pensacola. Jonathan, we're going to dig into the content of the book in a moment, but are you surprised at the favor that's been on these books? I mean, millions of people have now read the messages that, that God's laid on your heart. Does that surprise you? Um, it, it does. Uh, you know, on, uh, I mean, on one hand, I'm, always, I'm blown away by all of it. I don't even understand what's happening with the Walker or right now because we never never had a book where, like, a week and a half before the book, it got into the top 100, which is crazy. I don't even know how it works, Mike. Um, on the other hand, I knew with the Harbinger, I mean, I knew it was the Lord, and I knew he was going to send it forth. You know, how, how he would do that, I don't know. So it's a mix of, and I guess many times in the Lord, that's what it's like. It's a mix. On one hand, I, it's hard to believe, you know, and on the other hand, it's the Lord. So, you know, it, it, I'm in between the two. Yeah, and, and I do understand that for sure. All right, so as you've written these books, you, you write them as you're taking the, the reader on a journey. As I started the Oracle, it's like, okay, this is it's drawing you in. And obviously, yeah. a lot of non-believers will read it as well. And, and be drawn in. So what is the mystery of the Oracle? Why do you think it's for now? Yeah, the, the Oracle is really the, the largest mystery I've ever written about, or the, the, the most wide-spanning, scanning mystery I've ever written. Um, that really, in, in many ways, it's a mystery of ages. It is 
really what uh, behind the past, behind the present, the, the secrets behind the, the future, um, it, and I'll and all these things. I know I'm talking very generally, but I will we'll get into it. But it's it's uh, really in many ways a master blueprint of the end times. I mean, everything it, it's so it, it, <laughs> encompassing that it, everything from Moses to Mark Twain from. Uh, from the prophet Jeremiah to Donald Trump, um, it is kind of like another the dimension behind what we see um, in the world. The current events, what what's happening? Why the, the dimension of God? I mean, the, you know, the God of the Bible was you know you read and he's behind everything, and and we you know he's behind the the rise and fall of nations and kings, and we know that you know and we know that by faith. But the, the oracle is really revealing how exactly he the same God of the Bible is right here and now and moving behind everything. And it's really like an explosion of the reality of God. And you mentioned, you know, drawing in unbelievers. It's for, the oracle's for believers, but it's also for unbelievers alike, because it's, it's really the reality of God. And so uh, at a time when the culture, in many ways, is seeking to abandon God, this is an old thing, well, it, no, God is in charge of every single thing. And it's even the mystery of our lives, and it even goes to eternity. So um, that that's the that's kind of a nutshell uh, of what it is. But also within it, there are mysteries. One of them is the Jubilee Mysteries, and that is that the, the Jubilee is really uh, this year of Jubilee, every 50th year of restoration, you return home, whatever you lost, is really the key behind end-time events, Israel's restoration. It happens on this 50-year like clockwork pattern. And that many things in this, these mysteries are exact down to the days, where the mysteries of God are pointing the events that have to take place on the day. And one more kind of um, a kind of stream through it um, is that this one of the parashas, and, and of course you know it, but a lot of what they are, but a lot of people don't know. But there are these appointed words um, that are read from the scrolls of the Jewish people uh, every week throughout the world, and they're appointed from ages past. So the amazing thing is. That as I saw this at key times, the events that are happening in the world are following the words that are chanted and proclaimed throughout the world. And this goes, uh, this goes. I mean, from from uh, last century and a half ago up to where we are right now. So when when you are laying this out in a unique sense, the Bible yeah. is timeless, and those who date set often make mistakes, and yet you feel in a unique way the contents of your book are, are specifically for now. Uh, how, how is this especially a now word? Yeah, well, this, this, uh, the, the mystery, I mean, well, let me say also, it, it, this will kind of put, that kind of put a framework of, of telling it. It's, in the story, a man goes to seek to find a man called the Oracle, and, uh, and, there are, and he reveals these mysteries of God. There are visions in it, and, and there's doors. So there's seven doors of revelation. Every, every door has, um, has about eight, eight major mysteries. We'll probably be able to touch on just a little in each door. Um, but, there, but the thing is that, so with that, the, the, it begins in the, uh, about a century and a half ago, um, and then it's going to go all the way up to right where we are right now, number one, uh, where we are, uh, the events that have just taken place, but also the sixth door is about the future and about major events that are happening in the world and where we are heading. Um, and then again, that, that at a time you deal with this, I deal with this, we deal with our culture, which is seeking to dismiss God. This is, the, this is, the, this is an antidote for that, because it is, oh, I mean, even over the presidents and over the elections and over everything, uh, the God of Israel is alive and well. 
Yeah. Uh, and again, as I stood last night, as the waves were coming in, and they could only go so far, and I thought, God set everything up, even in the world of nature, in extraordinary detail, the tiniest bug, the tiniest atom, the everything in the, the whole universe to carry something out on the earth. There's nothing random about God. Yes, yeah. there are choices people make, and and not everything is fixed. In other words, it's not just that, that you're all like robots going through a script, and yet God's not working in some random haphazard way. There's a plan that he's following. And the blueprint is, as you open up in the Oracle, goes back to Moses, goes back to the Jewish people. So let, let's go through the first door and tell yes. us who the stranger is. Yeah, and again, the first door is going to open up the beginning of the mystery, and again, there's probably about eight different mysteries. Well, talk about one. Yeah, the stranger. Okay, it, it began, I mean, before this, the setup is that Moses is, is on the mountain, and he's saying goodbye to Israel and in Deuteronomy, and he, he gives a prophecy, and he speaks about the end times. And he's the first one, of course, in the Bible who speaks of the end, literally, I mean, names it, these are the end times. This is what shall happen in the latter days. Because the Jewish people will be scattered to the ends of the earth. And, of course, that happened. Uh, then it says, in the last days, God will gather you back from the nation. But he says something will happen before that. And, he, and you know, it's been taken generally, but it's actually very specific. It says, uh, it says a, a, a stranger, a foreigner, shall come from a faraway land, and he'll come to the land of Israel. Now, he said, now, the, now Moses says the land of Israel will be a desolate wasteland, barren wasteland, cursed land, with the Jewish people not being there for 2,000 years. And it says the stranger will come, and he will bear witness of the land, and say, how, you know, and uh, he'll bear witness of, of the curse of the land. He'll bear witness of the of the uh, barrenness of the land. And then it says after that, that that those words go right into the prophecy that then says God says, then I will gather you back. In other words, just when it gets to its most hopeless, God's saying, now I'm going to start doing it. Well, the question is, of course, there are people who came to the promised land, but was there someone who specifically fulfilled this, a stranger who came from far away at the, the, the land's lowest uh, mark or depth? And there was. And he came, it was, it was in the, about 150 years ago, came to the promised land from, uh, from far away, actually came from America. He had a notepad in his hand to bear witness. He bears witness of the desolation exactly as Moses says he will, and he actually uses the same words that Moses uses and says he will say. The man, we all know the man, but most people don't know he's part of a of, of, of biblical mystery. The man is Mark Twain. He comes in the year 1867, which is going to be a key year to be for the mystery. Uh, he goes there, he says that he said, Moses says he will say, it's a scorching wasteland. Uh, Mark Twain writes down a scorching wasteland. Says there will, he will say, no grass grows here. Mark Twain writes in his book, no grass grows here. I mean, word for word. Um, and he, he publishes this in his first major book. It actually is what made him famous was this book linked to prophecy. But not only that, when he, when, when he comes to the, the peak of his journey, which is uh, Jerusalem, the last full day and night in Jerusalem, it turns out to be a Sabbath. So there, he's walking the streets of Jerusalem, and it's, it, all over the world there's an appointed word. And the appointed word for that day is, all over the world, it's being chanted by the Jewish people, is the prophecy, and the stranger will come to the land and bear witness. So he's literally walking the streets, he's hearing them on the Sabbath, chanting the Hebrew, doesn't know what it's about him, in, in what's it, the stranger, and has no idea. And, and it's going to be right at, from, Mark, from that year, 1867, it's going to be a key year, of, uh, because that's going to be the beginning. 
all sorts of mystical or mysterious things start beginning in the land. We, we won't be able to get into it, but, but all sorts of signs, a man with a measuring line, a, a city that's been hidden for 2,000 years, uh, that comes to light. Everything happens in that year, and then, then one step to the next, the Jewish people, the, re- the restoration of Israel begins, they start coming back, they start learning how to plant the land, but it all begins there. And one thing about, one last thing about this, this stranger is that for 2,000 years, Jewish people are praying, Lord, restore us, you know, hear our prayer, we, you know, uh, have mer- be merciful and restore us to Israel. Hear our prayer, be merciful, restore us to Israel. Well, Mark Twain's real name isn't Mark Twain, of course, it's Samuel Clemens. Samuel means the Lord has heard, and Clemens means and has been merciful. Mm. So uh, I think in all of this, what's most striking, of course, I've known about the Mark Twain words and known about the prophecies in Torah, but one thing in particular strikes me, I'll touch on that when we come back, and Johnson, when we come back, I-, I want you to tell listeners and viewers the best place to go to get the Oracle. Comes out tomorrow. Thanks. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. It's an extraordinary thing. Look, I've written more than 35 books now. I know what it is to get a book out to the public. Publishers can only do so much. But something's happened with my friend Jonathan Kahn's books. And, and now the release of his latest, it's, it's like a happening. The book out tomorrow and already is one of the best-selling books in the world. It's just, it's wild. Jonathan, is, is there one place in particular where it would be best for, for readers to go to order your book? Yes. Uh, yeah, tomorrow it's going to be out everywhere, uh, but you can pre-order it uh, online. But here, and Amazon everywhere. But if you go to the oracleiscoming.com, our, our mutual publisher is doing a special thing, and that is that you'll not only get the Oracle, you'll get $80 worth of my books. So for the same thing, they'll throw it in. So it's the oracle.com. If you, do, if you pre-order it, you just go to there, and then however you want to order it, they'll work it out. But you'll get the Oracle plus $80 worth of whether, I don't know, the Harbinger and all the other things. Amazing. So is this the oracleiscoming.com? <laughs> Or the Oracle. Yeah, the, or- com. the, yeah, the Oracle is coming.com. And I think they have right, another perfect. one. But yeah, yeah, the Oracle is coming. Yeah, and that's, that's mind boggling. They did something with me where it was about $50 of materials when folks wow. pre ordered. And I told people, <laughs> wow. take advantage of it because I, I was blown away by what they were doing. And obviously, Which our is goal is, is to get the material out to the maximum number of people. So, friends, take advantage of this, but do it immediately. Because uh, tomorrow, the book's going to be out. This is a pre-order special. And if you already ordered one, go order another and take advantage of this. Oracleiscoming.com. Uh, Jonathan, I just want to make Thank sure that, that my listeners fully understood what you were talking about in terms of the weekly Torah portion that was being yeah. read. So this would be chanted in the synagogues on, the, on a particular Sabbath. There's a cycle of reading through the five books of Moses every year. How does that correspond with the visit of Mark Twain? Because this is all the more striking. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, and, and Mike, will you know, w- with, with the time we have, which I, I so appreciate, um, we'll only, it happens throughout. I mean, all these, it's going to happen from then to now, and we'll, we'll be able to touch on just a few of them. 
But yeah, yep. what happens with Mark Twain? He's in Jerusalem and he's he's fulfilling the stranger shall do more than anybody in history. Actually, uh, he, he's going to share it to the whole world that testimony. Uh, but while he's there on his last full day and in, in, uh, night in Jerusalem, uh, he's walking the streets and it is the Sabbath. And all over the world, the Jewish people are chanting, opening up the scrolls, chanting. And what is appointed for that day from ages past? What's appointed? The prophecy of Moses saying the stranger will come to the land. He's done it. He's walking the streets of Jerusalem. They're chanting it. He can hear He can hear the Hebrew. He doesn't know what they're saying. It's about he's fulfilling it. I mean, just amazing. And again, like, like clockwork, God works the, every detail. Wow. All right. And, and folks... Jonathan researches and digs. If you think, really, well, go check the dates, check the Torah portion. Yep. The more you check, I, I think yep. you invite that. You like folks to dig because yes. the more they dig, the more excited they'll get. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I always tell people to do it because, yeah. And, and I, I had, Mike, I had about 3,000 pages of notes on this, on this book. You know, it just kept coming for about, that's why I didn't do a book for about, about two years because it just kept coming and coming and coming. And, you know, I, it, the thing comes, but then you have to research to make sure everything is, and it is. All right. So, again, friends, each door has a, a whole bunch of, of, quote, mysteries. We're touching a little on each one. Second door, what happens? Yes. All right. So, so, so the Jewish people start coming back, you know, from that time. I mean, it drips and drabs, and coming, but they don't have, they don't fit. It's an Ottoman Empire. It's a Muslim Empire. They don't have that. But the Jubilee is about everyone shall return to his own land, and the land will return to them. So, so, so could something happen if you go? We go by this mystery. Well, we count fifty years, and where does it take you? From eighteen sixty-seven, takes you to the year nineteen seventeen. Is that significant? Gigantically so. Now the mystery is involving the whole world. It's involving the, the a world war, and the world war is going to be crucial in this. I mean, because one one empire, the empire that has the land, the Ottoman Empire, is Muslim. They don't want the Jewish people to have a nation there. Um, and then the other nation on the other side is the British Empire, and they have had a revival. There's a lot of people who love the Lord and are praying for the Jewish people. So so what happens is during this war, the Ottoman Empire starts crumbling. The British Empire uh, comes into the Middle East. And at the same time, as the year of Jubilee is approaching, 1917, at the very end of the year before it, the government of, of Britain, which actually that government was against the Jewish people coming back, they crumble. And God raises up two people, and each who are raised in the Bible. One is David Lloyd George, prime minister, and the other is Alfred Balfour, who becomes, or Arthur Balfour, who becomes the, the foreign minister. Um, and the thing is, at the exact moment when Israel's going to need this. So what happens is, they, they, in this year, they, they issue, before the year is over, they issue the, the Balfour Declaration, which is the first document in, in thousands of years, giving the land of Israel, pledging it to the Jewish people for national. The Jubilee, every, the land shall return to the people in the exact year, 1917. But not only that, they don't have the land because the, the, they, the Ottoman Empire does. But then that happens. Using another Christian, which is who is General Allenby, uh, the the land of Israel. That those who occupy the land in the year of Jubilee have to flee. Well, the Ottoman Empire flees before Allenby enters. He enters Jerusalem, and the land is then pledged to the Jewish people. It's a whole new day. It's the Jubilee. But there's a. I'll give one mystery from this this second door, um, and that is it's. It, I call it the number of the end. There's a number in Daniel that's mentioned at the end, which is which is linked to the. When the occupier of Jerusalem or the land has to leave, it says, "Blessed is those who wait to the 
and the number is 1335. And it's an end time thing, and, and there is a fulfillment, and, and it's days and all that. But the number is 1335 of the end of the occupation. The, the amazing thing is all of a sudden this number, 1335, starts appearing throughout the Middle East, starts appearing in Israel, and, and it appears on coins. And why is that? Because the, it turns out the Muslim year, the Muslim calendar, in that year was 1335, the number of Daniel, which says the occupier has to get off. And so it, it, and it all converges on 1917, year of Jubilee, and that is the year when the Muslim Empire, the Ottoman Empire, flees the land. And actually, when, you, when I look at the exact day when this year of, comes to its conclusion, it's the very day that, that the, uh, the approval was given for the Balfour Declaration to go forth. So it, it, when people say that Israel, the modern state of Israel, the Jewish people, that there is an aspect to this being a, a time clock, obviously God cares about people. He cares about Jews, Gentiles, Israelis, Palestinians. He cares about people. But what you're saying is that the, the ticking of, of the clock is not just 1948 or 1967. And again, <laughs> yeah. we're not setting dates for the turn of the Lord with that. You're saying that the, the clock... A prophesied clock was ticking from before then. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Not only that, it's ticking before it, and it's ticking during, because it, it, you're, you're going to see specific things happening according to not only the years, but the exact days and dates, even up to Donald Trump, which we'll get to. You know? But yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's, and then, and, yeah. let's keep going. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. okay. So now the next now the next thing is this now now this there's one jubilee which is different because it's on its own cycle but you're going to see we're going to see still it, it follows the same pattern and that is it begins with Theodore Herzl Theodore Herzl for those who don't know is the visionary of Israel and and founded Zionism the movement to return to Israel and the, and the he he had the first Zionist World Congress where they 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 set the the vision for Israel uh, years before but what people don't know is that he had a secret and that is before he died he revealed it. When he was a boy, he had a dream, and the dream he had, he said, he saw the Messiah. And the Messiah said, this, I pray, this boy is going to prepare my people, prepare the way for my coming. So it's amazing, because Jesus is the Messiah, Yeshua, and he said he's not coming again until the Jewish people come back to Israel. And here the man had the dream of the Messiah when he was a boy, um, and he kind of forgot about it for a long time. But then he, then he became uh, the prime mover for bringing this back. And this is also for everybody. All this about Israel is that, listen, Jesus cannot come back until this all happens. So, so when Herzl had this Congress, he wrote down a prophecy. And he, he wrote down, he said, today, he said, he said, we founded the Jewish state. He said, now everybody would laugh today. But he says the whole world will know it in 50 years. 50 years is the number of the Jubilee. So when did he say it? He said it in eight, he wrote it down in 1897. Add the 50th year is 1947, 19, the year that Israel is voted back into the world for the first time the world knows of the Jewish state. So 50 years, but I looked even deeper in this. An amazing thing, Mike, is that when I looked at the resolution or the plan that brought Israel into existence, the partition plan, it has a date on it. And the date is September 3rd, which, by the way, is the, the release date of the Oracle, which we did not plan. But it's September 3rd. Mm. When, I went, when I went back, I looked at Herzl's prophecy it is dated September 3rd. So it was 50 years to the exact date. And, and the thing that's so wild with Her Herzl is he was not a religious believer that was doing what he was doing with a sense of, 
I'm doing this because I love God and the Bible is God's word. He'd even thought of potentially, you know, maybe a Jewish homeland could be somewhere in Africa, you know, Uganda, <laughs> yeah. something like that. So, so God's working through all kinds of unlikely people in the setting up of the modern state of Israel, people that weren't believers. In fact, many of the religious rabbis of the day opposed it because it seemed to be so secular. So this is telling me that, that God is bigger and behind the scenes through fallen human beings is yep. working out his plan. All right, we, we will be right back with Jonathan Kahn. And, and you know, something else that blesses me, Jonathan does a ton of interviews. He contacts me in advance and says, hey, Mike, let's, let's set it up where you can get a full hour. He does a ton of interviews. It can be tiring, but with every interview, he's enthusiastic, he's excited, uh, and thrilled to get the message out. And, and again, to me, his books are always big takeaways. The Harbinger, God's trying to get our attention. Judgments in the land, wake up. The Oracle, well, we'll look at the bigger pit purposes, but you'll never look at Israel the same after this. Go to theoracleiscoming.com. Take advantage of this massive pre-order special before tomorrow, and then the book will be out. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. I am speaking today with New York Times bestselling author and my friend, Jonathan Kahn. His newest book, which goes live tomorrow, The Oracle, is at present the 11th bestselling book on Amazon worldwide. I mean, this is quite extraordinary. Uh, or at least American sales, which lead the way. So it's, it's extraordinary. The book's not out yet, and it's one of the best-selling books, right about top 10 books in the nation. So quite, quite amazing to see this. And, you know, when Jonathan and I get together privately, we don't talk about success sales. We, we talk about the things God is doing and the fear of the Lord is upon us as, as we talk. So, so, Jonathan, folks who don't know you, when you start to get this stuff, what's the process? Obviously, it's a big subject. And I want to dive back into the book. But when you, how do you get gripped? I mean, how consumed do you get with these subjects? Totally. You know, um, the, and and it's, it's a similar process from the Harbinger paradigm and, and the Oracle um, in that what happens is, I mean, something comes into my mind or something comes into my heart and, stuff, and, and I don't know that it's there or there's a connection. And, then, and, and it's like the Lord saying, the Spirit saying, check that, you have to seek this now. And as I do, then comes another and another. Um, and, and there are times when I'm on my bed and just something comes, and then I go to the computer to go through the thing. And, you know, and then a lot of it's research to kind of see, but it first all comes, the connections come before the research. You know? So it comes, and I'm blown away by it. I'm blown away as much as anybody. I'm, wow, Lord, wow. You know, and it kept coming. So even when I gave in the manuscript for the Oracle, which is just about maybe two months ago, uh, I got it. I had to take it back because there was more coming, and I, I, we put it in, including that was about the, the scripture. There was actually a scripture appointed for the day that Donald Trump was born. We may get to it or not, but it, we, that, it just keeps coming. It was, I've, I've been, I'm the first to be blown away. Yeah, and, and blown away by the attention the book is getting. Friends, go to the Oracle is coming dot com go there today to order the book even if you already ordered one order another copy because you get eighty dollars of free materials ebooks of jonathan's previous books and, and the ebook for this book 
So it's it's a pre-order special. I'm just blown away by what Charisma has done. Mm-hmm. They did something similar for me, but even more for this. So I'm I'm thrilled and blown away. It's a great way to say thank you to folks who take an interest in these books. All right. Yes. Uh, the mystery of, yes. of Amos 9. What What yeah, is that? Well, yeah, well, there, well, this is one of the key prophecies of Israel's resurrection when God, and it has other, other meanings to it. It's just when God says, in that day, I will, I will raise up the fallen tabernacle of David. I will plant my people in the land. I will end their exile. I'll rebuild the nation as I did in ancient times. They'll rebuild the cities, the whole, the whole thing, in that day, in that day. Well, what was the day? The day that Israel came back was May 14th. It was declared a nation uh, by David Ben-Gurion. And then at midnight, May 15th, it, it actually came into effect. Well, it was Friday when it was declared. It was Saturday when it came in. So that means it was a Sabbath. That means there's an appointed word appointed from ages past for that exact day. Could that have any significance? Well, when Israel was rising from the dead on that day, being resurrected, all around the world, the Jewish people are opening up their scrolls and chanting the ancient scripture. What is it? It's the prophecy, in that day I will raise up the fallen tabernacle of David. I will the exa- So as the tabernacle is being raised up, they're ch- it's being chanted all over the world, and nobody's putting this together. Like when you put, when you said, Mike, you know, the people who, you know, the amazing thing that they're not trying to fulfill prophecy. Who came up with that date? Not Israel, not rabbis. So it was the British who said, "We're getting out," and here's the date we're getting out. They had no idea it was the appointed word of the resurrection of Israel. So again, friends, God's laid out His plan in advance, and when you look at Israel then you say, okay, God is at work in the world. And Jonathan is saying, let's dig deeper. Let's dig deeper. And with everything, this is an invitation. Check and see. Look, discover. Verses are there. Dates are there. Check for yourself. All right. You mentioned the year of Jubilee, the significance of the 50th year. But you refer here to the Jubilee and Code. What do you mean by that? Yes. And another thing of the awesomeness of God, and that is this. There, the first time that God ever told Israel, the Jewish people, you shall return, in the plural, is actually in the law of the Jubilee, given in Leviticus, and this is through Moses, over 3,000 years ago, you shall return. But in Hebrew, it's all one word, tashuvu, you shall return. Now, now uh, people may know, I'm not sure if they do or not, but, you know, first of all, there's a, a Hebrew year is different from our year, but the other thing is that, that the, the official way of writing a Hebrew year is by using Hebrew letters, and the, it's not some mystical thing. It's that's the way you do it because the letters have a numerical value, and that's how you officially write a Hebrew year. Well, the amazing thing is, when it, you shall return from the very beginning. Tashavu is four letters. When you add that up, it comes out to pinpoint a year. It pinpoints the year 1948. You shall return the year that Israel returns. You shall return to your ancestral land. Is there was there all along from the writings of Moses. And this is laid out in Leviticus, the 25th chapter. Yes, the law of the Jubilee, yes. I mean, amazing. All Again, right. who, and, who, and could, who can do that? How does this tie in with the, what you refer to as, as the fourth door on this journey? Okay, well, when Israel came back in the world, the one thing they didn't have, they weren't restored, was Jerusalem. And we know from what Messiah said, he said he's not coming back until you, his Jewish people, in Jerusalem, you Jerusalem say, Baruch haba, blessed is he. So Israel, ha- the Jewish people have to come back to Jerusalem, but it was denied them when they came back. Uh, so it was clear, the UN actually cut them off from Jerusalem. But it's going to happen. It's the center of prophecy uh, in the end time. So, so what 
would we expect? Now, the, the next Jubilee, now going back, we had kind of had a special Jubilee with Herzl in the 50 years. But now for the bigger pattern is 1867. Then we went to the next one, 1917, is the restoration of the land. And then what? go 50 years, and where does it take us? To the year 1967, next Jubilee. What happens? The Six-Day War happens. Israel didn't ask for it. And when you talk about, you know, God fulfilling things through people who don't even know him, the Six-Day War was started by the Soviet Union. They sent a false word to the Arab world that Israel's planning to attack them. The Arab world says, we're going to wipe out Israel, and, and they, they plan to do that. So the godless, atheistic Soviet Union was used to fulfill biblical prophecy. By the end of that war, the Israeli soldiers are entering the gates of their ancient city for the first time in 2,000 years. Uh, as on the year of Jubilee, everyone shall return to their possession, their ancestral possession. It all happens. But the amazing thing is, and I'll just mention this, one of the things in, in the Oracle, the fourth door, is, called the, is the mystery of the Masada. Of Masada. Masada is the desert mountain where Israel fought its last stand against Rome. It's kind of the grave of ancient Israel. One mystery is that there was a scripture hidden in the mountain for 2,000 years, waiting for the Jewish people to come back and open it up. And when they open it up, it is a, 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 the scripture, a prophecy from the Bible of their resurrection. We won't go into that. But, but there's also another mystery. There's something there called the Masada algorithm, and that is that, that from you take the day that Israel returned as a nation, they started uncovering Masada. It's a specific day. And you, and you do this, there's a countdown from ancient times, and when you do it, amazing. I won't, go, I won't go be able to go through it except to say this. When you do the countdown, it's telling you when it, how long, how many days it will be until Jerusalem is restored. It takes you to the day, June 7, 1967, the very exact day that Israel enters the land, um, the, the, the gates of Jerusalem. And how did that happen? I'll just say, you know, the, the way it happened is that, you know, the, they sent, first they were trying to cut off Jordan from bombing them. They weren't, they weren't trying to take Jerusalem. They sent a colonel with a brigade, and he, he circled the hills of Jerusalem. Then the, the operation chief sends word to an intelligence officer by the wall saying it's time to, take, to go in. He's, he relays it to a guy named Mata Gore, who, who's a commander standing on the Mount of Olives with a, with a paratroopers, and they go down into the gate that day. Now, here's the thing, what I saw, Mike, it was an amazing thing. In Isaiah, it says the Lord will fight for Jerusalem as a lion and the young lion, and he will, he will fight for that hill, fight for that mountain. Well, the amazing when I looked at it, the, the, the colonel who circled the hills for, that led to Jerusalem, his name was Colonel Ben-Ari, it means the lion. The brigade that he was leading, the prophecy speaks about the lion and the mountain of the Lord, it means is Harel, it means the mountain of the Lord. The, the man who sent the word to take Jerusalem, his name was Arik Regev, his name means the lion. Uh, he sent it to another guy, the intelligence officer named Arik Achman, his name means the lion. He relates it to the hero of Jerusalem in Six-Day War, Masa Gore, different kind of name. Gore means the young lion. So when they enter the gates, up Jerusalem, the, the two first people are Montagor and Ark Achman. They, they go on the Temple Mount. They're the first two. It's, and, and the prophecy says the Lord will fight for Jerusalem as a lion and the young lion. Their names together mean the lion and the young lion. And what gate did they go through? The lion's gate. So a, a little sign. It wasn't them. It was God fighting as a lion. And that, and that when Messiah came the first time, he went through the gates of Jerusalem as a lamb. He's coming again as a lion. My friends... All this, if you're trying to catch your breath and wrap your mind around this, all this is in the new book, The Oracle. The Oracle 
isisiscoming.com is the place to order. If you're listening after September 3rd, the book's out. Just go order wherever you order it. But the oracleiscoming.com is especially the place to go for pre-order. I, I think probably after the ordering as well, it's a good place to go. They normally have some other bonuses there. And I just because yeah. of press the schedule, I have the book with me on two trips but but was not able to get through it. So I'm I'm eager, uh, like your <laughs> listeners, to dig in deeper into because I'm a checker also. It's like all right, wow. Yeah. Let me check. Let me let me look. Let me dig into everything. What what is Masada playing with this? The mystery of Masada. What's what's well, that well, got well, to do? What, that's where the hidden the prophecy was hidden of the resurrection of Israel, Masada. And that is there's there's actually two mysteries of it. One is that mystery that was hidden for two thousand years. There was uncovered when Israel came back, and the other is the the algorithm that gives the exact um, days. I mean, I think you'll get into it. It's the exact number of days till it pinpoints June seventh, nineteen seventy-seven, that Israel will come to Jerusalem. And when and when they but when they go to Jerusalem, you know, in the Jubilee, what happens? Most people know you sound that the trumpet is sounding. You shall sound the trumpet or the shofar, right. the horn, and then everyone shall return. Well, could the trumpet actually have been sounded? The amazing thing is when the, when the soldiers are getting to the western wall, they hear the sound of the trumpet. Why? Because there's a rabbi who sounds the trumpet. Not because he's trying to say hey, this is the Jubilee. He's just doing it for another reason. He sounds the trumpet. That rabbi, there's a mystery to him. One of them is that, you know, in the Jubilee, it says the land will return to the original owner. It returns to its original status, the state. It originally said, well, what was the Temple Mount that they got? What was it originally? It was a threshing floor, and, and David bought it. In Hebrew, the word for threshing floor is goren. The rabbi who blows the horn is Rabbi Goren, Rabbi Threshing Floor, named after the same place. And when he sounds it, he was born in the year 1917, the other Jubilee. So he is now 50 years old as he sounds the sound of the 50th year on the threshing floor, original ground. And I, I looked deeper, Mike, and I only saw this recently. There's, a, he has, there's two meanings for his name. One is threshing floor, but it also his name, Goren, also means the horn. Rabbi Horn sounds the horn. I mean, who can put that together? He had to be born when he was born and given the name he was given, the sovereignty of God. Yeah, beyond, beyond wild. Friends, <laughs> go to theoracleiscoming.com and see for yourself. I know most of you listening are drinking things others. Others are skeptical, questioning. Dig, see, check everything out. We'll be right back. It's the Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. I'm speaking with my friend Jonathan Kahn. His already New York Times bestseller book has got to be number 11 on Amazon. It hasn't come out yet. It comes out tomorrow. So, so Jonathan, we, there's, there's so much to get into uh, there's so much to discuss. We can't unpack all of it, but but I want to just right. take our listeners on a quick journey here. So you mentioned in Leviticus 25, you'll return back to the land. It's Tashuvu in Hebrew, and it's and it's spelled with four letters there. So it's Tuf, Shin, Vav, uh, excuse me, Bet, Vav. So I'm I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how is that 1948? Because when you total the numbers up, it comes to like 708. So just during the yeah. breaks, like, okay, obviously you did your research. So what yeah. you have to do, friends, because you've got to dig. When you go, it's the Hebrew year 
5708. That's 1948 is the Hebrew year, all right, when Israel's independence is 1948. So when you then look at that in Hebrew, it's tough shin chet, but chet is the same numerical value as bait plus vav. So in other words, it is getting you that yes. same total number, which is the yes. way you write out 5708. So it's not a direct route, because I'm thinking, all right, you did your homework, and I'm sitting here baffled trying to figure it out. So just during the break, I freaked out. So friends, oh, yeah. dig. It's, it's an exploration as you go. And this is obviously part of what thrills you, that you get a yes. thought, and as you follow it, like the lead leads to things that the clue leads to things you wouldn't even think about. Listen, we we we've got a bunch of doors yeah. here uh, to to go through, and what seven go, doors? We're not going to have time, but <laughs> no. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go quick uh, to just touch on something. If that's okay, Mike. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, let's let's because again, we're just touching door door knobs now. But but what happens? Okay, so we go to the next. Jubilee or the next, where does it go? In the Jubilee, you not only return home, you also, you, I mean, you, you don't just get to the land, you get the right to the land. It's recognized by the authorities. But when Israel came back in 1967, the world never recognized it. it as we know, it's the one capital in the world never did it. So could that be coming? So, well, if we, if we go from 1967, you count to the 50th year, it comes out to the year 2017. Anything happened concerning Jerusalem? 2017 is the year, the first time really in, in, since ancient times that a, the declaration goes forth, and this goes forth from America, from Donald Trump, the Jerusalem Declaration, for the first time in history, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. There is no king who did this like this, I mean, from ancient times. Not even Truman didn't do that, and there's a mystery with Truman in this whole thing, too. So Donald Trump actually does it. Um, and but but now this and, you know and, and each jubilee sets the stage for the next thing for, for the next period. But let me say one thing about this. You know, uh, is there what about Donald Trump? You know, uh, think about it. You know, he comes to power in that year. What does the name Trump mean in English? It means the one who blows the trumpet or the Trump or the trumpet of God. You know, people have been saying you know like kind of, almost as a joke. It is the Trump comes to power in the year of jubilee. Who's the, what does it all center on? The trumpet, the trump. He it says he'll sound throughout the land, so he does. When the trump sounds, the, the, the right of the land goes back to the original owner. You know, God even gives people their name, Trump. So the trump and the Jubilee 2017, year of Jubilee, the year, his first year in power. And there is a scripture that was appointed. I won't get into it because I won't get to something else. But actually, on the day he was born, that was chanted throughout the world, that is linked to this mystery. It almost that like his whole life is waiting for this thing. But let me let me touch on one more from the sixth door, that is the 70-year mystery. And that is this. Um, you know, in the Bible, it speaks about the king making a declaration uh, and concerning Jerusalem, and that's Cyrus, of course. And there are people who have seen Cyrus and Trump, and there is something, really, actually, there's one very deep thing here. Um, it says he'll make the declaration. It'll all happen at the end of 70 years. This is when, you know, the end of the exile in, uh, in ancient times. So could that also be linked to Trump, what he did? Well, if you go back 70 years, is there anything significant with the, the house, the, you know, the life of Israel? Well, 70 years takes you from 2017 back, takes you to 1947, again, the year that Israel comes into existence. But I looked deeper in this, Mike, and I, and I looked at the very day that Israel came, was voted into existence on the Hebrew calendar at, at, after sunset. It was, it was Kislev 17 on the Hebrew calendar, 17th day of the month of Kislev. If you, the, the Bible says after 70 years. So if you fast forward this, 70 years, and it goes to, and, and then you go to the, the after the 17, that it takes you to Kislev 18, what date on our calendar is it? It is December 6, 2017, 
That is the exact day that Donald Trump issued the Jerusalem Declaration after 70 years to the day. So when, when, how did you feel when you did this research and happened upon this? <laughs> Blown up. Well, you know, like, wow. <laughs> wow, God. Wow, Lord. How do you do? You know, uh, just amazing. And it wasn't, it was, it was one thing after the other to the data guy. I almost got like, oh, Lord, is this going to be it again? You know, um, and, and amazing. I mean, this, the God of the Bible and Cyrus is the God of now just as much. He controls presidents and you know, um, and, and, you know, we talk about people, you know, uh, with, you know, at each, how sovereign he is. One of the things linked to this is that with every Jubilee, not, oh, there's a child born at the, in that Jubilee who ends up playing the key part in the next Jubilee when he turns 50. It's all the way from the 1800s all the way to now. I won't go into any of the detail of it, but let me just, if it's okay, let me just touch on the sixth door. And the seventh door will be a mystery, and that's okay. But the sixth door gets into the future and gets and takes it to a whole other realm. And that is, that is this. Well the, well, the mystery of the Jubilee is the mystery of the return. And that is also the mystery of the end time. The Jewish people, at the beginning of the age, you know, the mystery is that you go back to where you were, you know, return to where you were at the beginning. The Jew, at the beginning of the age, first century, the Jewish people were in Israel. So they have to go back. Um, they were in Jerusalem. They have to go back. Um, but, but also it's bigger because this mystery applies to the whole world. Because 2,000 years ago, the world was in a, a – where was – what was the state? It was not Christian. It was unchristian, anti-Christian, pagan. Uh, you know, Western civilization was Roman. Um, so here's the mystery, Mike. As the Jewish people have gone back, so returned. The world is returning to its original state. It's returning to its pagan state, its anti-Christian state. And that's why we're watching this every day. We're watching the world return to where it was, and I mean, mainstream culture. There's still going to be revival, but that's mainstream. And we, you watch it, you speak about it all the time. It's part of the mystery of return. It's almost like God is bringing a rematch of what was back then. But the but the good side of this is there's another mystery in this door, which which concerns us. What was the church at the beginning of the age? It wasn't it wasn't rich. It wasn't established. It wasn't traditional. It wasn't cult- it was revolutionary. Book of Acts, radical, life changing, world changing, apostles, disciples. Well, th- that means that God is calling us. We are to return to the original state of, of the Church, which is the Book of Acts. Which, and that is that for those who will stand, there are many who fall away, but those who stand, God will make us like as them, more radical. And even the persecution is, will be part of making us the Book of Acts people. This is something that you teach, you preach. It is all, everything must return to its original state. And, and you've even spoken to the U.N. about some of these issues, haven't you? Yes, and, and, and by God's grace, by Congress. And I think and we, have to be, and we have to be radical. I mean, we have to be stronger. This could be our greatest time. I mean, the dark gets darker, the, you know, the, the light gets lighter, and, and, or is to be. So this can be, you know, this is also a word in, in the Oracle. It's also about each of our lives, because the, or, the Jubilee is our salvation. It's redemption. It's how we're to live. We're to live in this power. So it's very much about our lives. It gets very personal at the end. And, it, and, and one thing is that where's this all heading? Well, it's all heading. All these returns are heading to the one who left and who has to come back, and that is the return of the king, of Messiah. It's all leading up to that, because the, the great mystery is the king, the jubilee, you know, the, the one who owns everything, was leaves it and has to come back. Well, the king was separated from his kingdom, from the Jewish people, from the world. He's going to return. That is the ultimate jubilee. That you know, 
And then, actually, there's even one more, which will be the mysteries, the seventh door, which leads to eternity. That is also Jubilee. But everything has to come home, and, and it's all about coming home and being restored. Yeah, and again, friends, if you know Jonathan's heart, he has a great wake-up call to the church, and, and it's in that capacity that God's raised him up with a message for the church, Israel, and the world. Jonathan, we just got a, a minute. Have you heard of people actually coming to faith by way of these books? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, absolutely, because um, we get we have things written in all the time. We have people who come to faith, uh, people also who have repented, who were backsliding, um, there are Orthodox Jews who, who have who have been changed by it, um, and Mormons who have been changed by it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you know, with the Oracle, it's too early to. I mean, you know, I have obviously just not <laughs> come out, but where <laughs> those out who read it, they're, yeah, they're saying they've been blown away. All right, friends, go to theoracleiscoming.com, and what I'm encouraging you to do: read the book first, be moved by the larger message and the big picture, and then. Dig in, study, check, discover for yourself. Hey, Jonathan, thanks for taking the time on Labor Day, and I I continue to be blown away by the favor of God that's on you and your writing. Uh, Keep strong in the Lord, my friend. You you too, Michael, and and it's mutual. You keep it up. it's It's an honor to be with you. Thank you. All right, friends, Jonathan Kahn, the new book, The Oracle. And here's what I'm encouraging you to do. Don't take his word for anything. Check it out. Check out every little, just like when he was giving the Hebrew, it's like, okay, I know he's looking at something. Where did he get that from? Then I looked and, whoa, that's where he got it from. Very interesting. The big thing is, and this is what I said with the Harbinger, when it, when it instantly, the week it came out, became a New York Times bestseller from an unknown author. This does not happen, friends. I said, whether you agree with every point or not, God is getting our attention, a wake-up call to America, judgment in America. It is a wake-up time. I'm saying the same thing here. God's getting our attention to look at Israel, to look at Israel in terms of what he's doing in the world. Friends, we're going to have an awesome week coming your way from Pensacola. Don't miss a day.